Hi everyone, welcome to our 8th episode of Caranel Talks Lifestyle Podcast. It's just me, Carrington Garland, today, and I'm going to talk to a really interesting guest about comic books and the importance of black superheroes. I'd also like to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Pops Resale. I literally love going there, and you should definitely check that place out. Our guest today is Bryce O'Quay, a local Lexington illustrator and comic book artist. My name is, uh, my name is Bryce O'Quay. I'm a uh, I'm an illustrator, comic artist, animator. So yeah, I do I do a little bit of everything with a focus, with my focus being more towards uh, comics, comics more than anything, sequential art. So you know, storyboarding and stuff like that. That's awesome. Could you like tell me your first memory of just like you drawing or like being like artsy and creative? What made me fall in love with everything was the Spider-Man comic in particular. My mom knew that I was really, really interested in comics. She went out and got me like all these dollar bin, like 50 cent comics or whatever. And there was one comic in particular that was uh, a Spider-Man comic when he came across this hero named Puma and he goes on this whole spirit quest. And that comic in particular, the way it was written, the way it was drawn, was like my favorite comic ever. So I literally drew, I traced every single page out of that comic. It took me like three weeks, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that's like my earliest memory of doing anything like that. <laughs> so what age did you like get your first comic? Uh, I was about maybe seven. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what it was? Uh, my, my very first comic book, I, I don't really, I think I think it was I think it was a Spider-Man comic. I think it was a Spider-Man comic. That Spider-Man comic with Puma in particular, that's the comic that I remember the most the fondest. But mm -hmm. my uh my mom was a Spider-Man fan. So therefore her her first thing was, oh yeah, you like if you want comics, here's here's some Spider-Man comics. So yeah, that's likely it's it's either Spider-Man or Fantastic Four. <laughs> So like the Spider-Man Fantastic Four, those are like your go-to comics were like, are there any other like superheroes in the DC universe or the Marvel universe that you really liked? Uh, well, they were my go-to comics when I was young. Every, every little kid likes superhero comics, of course. I mean, we all like superhero comics. I don't want to say just little kids, but when you're a little kid, especially like you don't really, you don't have too many indie things that you reference it. So now, now that I'm a little older, uh, it's, it's indie comics for the most part. I like to follow creators and stuff like that. So my go-tos are usually just whatever my favorite creators are doing. I try to just grab that stuff. That's really cool. When do you remember like reading your first comic book that like had a black character or like a minority character? And who was it? When I was when I was really when I was really young uh, in the in the mid nineties, they're making a resurgence. It was uh, Milestone Comics. They were they were popping at that time. First black hero that I remember seeing was Static, and then. After seeing Static Shock was when I was, which just Static at that time. After seeing Static was when I was introduced to like Hardware, Black Panther, Luke Cage, people like that. But yeah, I'd say I'd say Static was the very first like black hero I saw. 
How important is Black representation in comics, especially because it can get kind of like stereotypical? How do you think that they're truly represented, especially like in the comics you read, like growing up as a kid? Oh, yeah. The representation is huge. It's a huge deal because, you know, as much as as much as I love uh, as much as I love characters like Luke Cage and, and Black Panther for a long time, when those characters and their story arcs weren't written, either written or just generally connected to anything that Black people were experiencing in the country, you could tell. Like the way, I mean, Luke Cage kind of spoke like a caricature for a long time. And Black Panther was every stereotype of what a person would think, you know, Black royalty looked like in African countries, what an African country would look like. And I think a lot of that, a lot of that, is very telling. And, and they did the best that they could to try to represent us, but it was telling. Milestone Comics in particular was ran by Black creators, and there was a difference when you read those books. So my immediate example is always like what Milestone was doing with their Black creators and their Black characters was dramatically different than what like Marvel might have been doing or other heroes and other imprints were doing. And Aaron Magruder is another one too. Like when you have a black creator handling black characters, it just comes from a more authentic place. Mm -hmm. Could you speak a little bit about Milestone? Like what you were talking about? Like I've never heard of that and I didn't know there were like black comic book creators like at that time. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, a lot of us, a lot of us remember, of course, Static. And because Static was the one that got the cartoon. You're, a lot, I know you've probably seen Static Shock before. Mm -hmm. Milestone Comics was, uh, it was an imprint, and I believe they were partnered with DC for a while, but it was, complete, it was uh, Black creators. There was Dwayne McDuffie, um, a brother named Michael Davis, Dennis Cohen. I think I'm probably leaving some names out, but... They were Black writers and Black comic artists who were working in the industry and wanted more representation in comics. So in the 90s, they put out this milestone imprint and then a bunch of Black heroes had come from that. So there was, um, there was Static who was born from that. There was, um, there was a hero named Hardware. There was a hero named Icon, Rocket, Wise Son. And it's all these like, Black heroes, but it, it was it was different though. And even me being as young as I was at that time, it was just cool to see Black people in comics in this type of way. But like getting a little bit older and reading that stuff, the content was different. It was just written from a place of, it, it shows what representation means. Like when you have people who are living the experiences, they can write to the content, they can write to the, the, the people that they're trying to represent in those books. Milestone was like the first place that I, I could think of and where my mind goes when I think of like the best example of representation in comics. That's really, really cool. So could you talk a little bit about like your career and like how you implement your love of drawing and like comics like into your daily life kind of? This is this is my, that's my full-time gig now, but um, for a long time, I was having to kind of split things up between working towards my past doing things like graphic design work and stuff like that. And uh, the way that I would go about it back then would be to always make sure that whatever amount of time that I put towards somebody else's uh, goals or business, 
that that would be the amount of time that I put into myself. Mm -hmm. so, you know, because you're not going to get anywhere if you put 40 hours on someone else and not 40 hours on you. So mm -hmm. I just stayed um, working at my craft. And then eventually when I wound up in this position, I'm, I'm speaking to you from my studio right now in Loudon House here in Lexington. Not, now that I'm in the position I'm in now, I have to operate with a certain level of discipline that I didn't have to before, but everything's just always, everything's peace. Cause you know, all I've ever done is draw and work at it. So yeah, it's, 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 uh, I draw to relax, I draw to work. I draw to express things that maybe I couldn't vocalize. So it's all day. <laughs> Could you um, talk a little bit about your company and like what you guys do? It's called Mad Hundreds. Essentially, Mad Hundreds is where you can get illustration work, you can get animation work, um, uh, sequential art, and just anything within that creative realm of, of, of illustration, comics, whatever. And the intention of Mad Hundreds is to kind of almost be like a creative agency. So I want we operate almost like a, a one-stop shop. So essentially, if you need an editorial illustration, you could hit us up. If, if it's comics, you could hit us up. And there's always going to be somebody with the ability to put the project together for you. That's really cool. That's actually really cool. That's like a lot of like creative freedom. That'd be a really fun job to have. It is, it is, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And my, my time as a graphic designer mixed into everything that I, I like to do creatively really helped me find that balance. So I wound up with extra skill sets out the mix. And that's how I was able to kind of do what I do now with, and, and give people a little bit of everything. You know, I, everyone can stop here and get what they need because on, on the route here, I took a couple of detours and picked up some skills along the way. Mm -hmm. When you're like drawing or like doing illustrations and you have like characters, do you like create a backstory for them? What do you do? Like, how do you come up with them? Yeah, I definitely do that. Like every time, even if it's something I'm not going to use, it's, it's go get a backstory. <laughs> but, Could you give like an example of like a character you've come up with and like the backstory you created for them? I have a comic out right now that's going to come out in its entirety next year and it's called Kaiju Effect. But the, uh, the main character from Kaiju Effect is a guy named Tony. And upon uh, the creation of that character, everything was themed around what we've been focused on in the past few years as far as like police brutality and really making these changes and stuff. So Tony's character, I wrote him be kind of torn between his job and what's going on in, in his city. Because in the story, Kaiju are treated like an additional minority. Okay. So so through this, he it's, they're, they're policed. And in Marvel, anybody that's familiar with Marvel, there was something called Civil War. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that where you have to like, these, these, these people are supposed to have to register if they're super powered and their, their rights are being impeded on. Mm -hmm. So... I, when, I, when I made Tony's character, the, the conflict for him is his job versus who he is as, you know, one of these kaiju characters. Mm -hmm. So the whole backstory, I, I, I thought of like how difficult it would be to be a black police officer. In oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So, so that was the, the whole backstory is what my thoughts and like the conflict that would be. And I just kind of, I, I themed everything around that in the creation of that character. That's actually, that's a really interesting concept. Cause I know when a lot of the riots were going on and stuff, there was a lot of like images and like photos being captured of black policemen, like facing like their brothers and sisters. It like hits to home. It really, it really does. And I remember growing up, we've all had, everybody's had varied experiences with, with law enforcement and stuff. And I remember always thinking to myself, like eh, being a black police officer is difficult enough. You know, it's difficult being black. It's difficult being a cop, but we know our relationship. So mm -hmm. being, being a black police officer, to me, I was like, whoa, if that's not a conflict of interest, I don't know what it is. It's, it's hard. So that's like just that concept alone and what I wanted to do with Kaiju Effect made me, I just built that whole character around that conflict. So every, his personality, his backstory, all these things, the core of it was that, was that thing. So anytime, anytime I make characters or anytime I make stories, that's what I do. I usually, I take what I think the conflict of that character is and kind of just craft everything around that conflict and make a full circle and then that's what that character is and then the rest of the story I just kind of kind of writes itself in a sense. That's really cool and would you say that like you usually only really create minority characters? I make characters all across the board like I try to I try to make sure that I'm as diverse as I want things to be but usually my main characters and the characters I put a lot of the spotlight on are, are minority characters yeah. 90% of the time, the main character is probably a minority character. <laughs> That's cool. When you think of like the phrase, the rise of the Black superhero, like what comes to mind and who comes to mind? When I think of that phrase, actually, I feel like I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it, to be completely honest, mm -hmm. because I, Black heroes have been around. So when I hear that, I'm just, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, oh yeah, y'all caught up, huh? <laughs> but I do appreciate that people overall are acknowledging that mm. that black heroes, black creators, people that you know have more to say than just the typical team you would put behind a Peter Parker or a, mm -hmm. uh, a Tony Stark. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I appreciate everybody's energy and yeah. I actually like you saying that like actually makes me think of the phrase differently because if you kind of think about it it's kind of whitewashed a little bit it's oh, like yeah. it's like like mainstream like white people like finally realizing that they're black comic book characters and then yeah. it's coming to like the forefront and I never yeah. thought of it that way until now actually you know when when you say when you say that something is rising that it, mm -hmm. to me that implies that oh, you know, this is something new. This hasn't yeah. happened. This is, but, you know, and again, I, I bring up Milestone in this conversation because I think they're the most relevant, but like mm -hmm. Milestone comics, Milestone is having a resurgence now in okay. DC. But um, at one point in time when they were, while they were existing, they wound up, everything just wound up kind of being canceled and mm -hmm. absorbed. At one point in time, black heroes. When when I when I was thinking of black heroes, black comics, and stuff like that, I mean, I had all of Milestone to fall back on. I remember Blade becoming very popular, and I and and Blade was someone that I was following in comics for a while. 
Luke Cage and Heroes by Ire was existing. John Stewart was one of the first Green Lanterns that I ever read. So like piling up all these different like black characters, be, be them uh, written by black creators or not, they were there was an abundance of of, of black characters out there. Spawn, Spawn yeah. is a black character, and he's been around forever. So like all these different characters being in existence, and then we fast forward to twenty twenty one, and they like rise of the black characters. Like uh, Spawn, Spawn had a whole movie. Blade had a trilogy. It's when everybody else catches up. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, the things we're talking about is it, it's validated. It's oh, it's on the rise. Uh, that's like saying hip hop's on the rise. Like <laughs> to me, to me. To yeah. Me. No, I can like I can totally see that. But like, how would we bring like more of these like black superheroes and like black comic books to like the forefront? Because like Marvel, like they've come out with like a bunch of like minority like comic book like characters and it's really great but like how do we like push to see more aside from like Black Panther and like the other ones that are coming out I think I, th- I think uh I think it's gonna have to come with the elevation of more Black creators I think that's I think that's what it's gonna have to be we can't have all the Black characters and not necessarily tell Black stories mm-hmm. and not Black stories even and not Black stories in the stereotypical sense that when people think Black stories they're thinking of just things purely from a Black experience but generally like I mean you, you're going to want stories from a Black experience you're going to want stories from a Black perspective mm-hmm. and, and just the way we the way that we maneuver in if you're going to set it in the United States the way we maneuver is a little bit different so mm-hmm. you need if you want an authentic story, you need to have more Black writers and Black artists that are going to be in the mix to tell those stories. And then you get better stories, you get better content, and people are going to be more inclined to, to check it out. But if you, if you always have somebody that's outside of the realm of where the stories exist, writing the stories, that authenticity is non-existent. Mm-hmm. And then when people read it, it's going to read like something's missing that takes away from what you're trying to do. First and foremost, you want, you want to sell the book, but you can't, you can't sell it if there's no substance there. And the substance has to come from the people that mm-hmm. resonate with the, with the characters and the stories that, that, that are being told around them. So I think that's the only, that's why Ta-Nehisi Coates, he's a writer who wrote for Black Panther. He has one of the best Black Panther runs. Christopher Priest is another one. They have powerful Black Panther runs that were great. Black Panther existed for a long time, but mm-hmm. when you put Black creators on them, all of a sudden the stories change. They're a lot better than they were. It's, it's different. Yeah. No, that's so true. Tell me how you thought about Black Panther and then how Marvel and Disney have done and showing like minority comic book characters such as like Shang-Chi, Snake Eyes. Yeah, Snake Eyes that just came out. I think I think they're doing I think they're doing a really good job because they're they're recognizing that you need to have the proper voices there um, because Black Panther I mean being directed by Ryan Coogler you're not really going to get anyone more authentic than than Ryan Coogler when you when you want to tell that type of story like mm-hmm. he, he Ryan Coogler Chadwick Boseman Michael B Jordan Angela Bassett like all these people that you piled up. You wasn't gonna get a better yeah. version of Black, of Black Panther than that, and 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 I think that with 
they knew well enough to give the reins to the people that should be writing those stories. And Shang-Chi was very, very similar. So if, if they keep on going in that direction, we're gonna keep on getting some good stuff. The second they try to finesse that formula, uh, <laughs> I think that's when we're gonna see something a little different. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like predictions for like the second Black Panther movie? Oh, at one point in time, Shuri was Black Panther. So I think that, I think that would be, I think that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a great move, not just because it's the, the continuity, but also generally for, for Black girls. I think that, I think we need, because if, if, if you look, when we're looking at, at the MCU right now, I mean, Black women aren't really represented properly. And there's there's some prominent black characters that could pop up between mm-hmm. between Shuri and Riri Williams is her name. She's mm-hmm. essentially becomes like Iron Man. Okay. Yeah, like I would love to see stuff like that happen. Mm-hmm. I would like to see. I think Riri Williams would connect to Black Panther two really well. Where at the end of Black Panther, where they opened up that that tech school mm-hmm. in California, yeah. Los Angeles. So that would be a good way to connect Riri Williams to Black Panther. And then you can have two, two Black women heroes on camera together. I think that would be Oh, that's awesome. That'd be, that'd be a great movie. But I know mm-hmm. like, that's a really good point. Because like growing up, I immediately like latched on to Storm. Because like she was like, I thought I was seeing myself on screen. Like I literally loved her character. And like Halle Berry, like. She did such a good job. Oh, yeah. Those are my movies growing up. Yeah, that's one of the, the reasons why the representation is so important. Because mm-hmm. when we think of, like, the way you think of Storm is the way that I think of, of characters like Black Panther or Static. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot that we can name, right? Mm-hmm. That in itself is telling. And I think that's one, that, it, it, this goes back to your, when you mentioned earlier about mm-hmm. what people about the rise of the, the, the yeah. black hero, right? I think part of that is also coming from if you got a hundred heroes and only like eight of them are black, when the when the when the black heroes blow up, all of a sudden it's like, hey, mm-hmm. they don't know now. It's yeah. like, well, think about that. Maybe you maybe we need more than a handful. <laughs> But Storm is amazing. He's so cool. (laughs) And like, oh, I really like before like Chadwick Boseman died, I like really wanted them to do the Black Panther like Storm storyline. Like so bad. I was like, I was telling my parents, I was like, they're going to do it. Like, it's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. And then tie-ins that come from that too, Mm because they still haven't done anything with mutants and stuff in the MCU. But like between Storm and Black Panther being married, there's also like there's a there's a Wakandan mutant who um, holds his powers back through vibranium tattoos. That's so cool. He he's almost like a Hulk type character, and like there's there's characters like that that exist, and Mm -hmm. it would be amazing to see more stuff like. Okay, so I have a very important question to ask: Marvel or DC? Marvel at the who? Yeah, Marvel. Marvel okay. I, yeah, I am Marvel all day, all day, and I love and I love DC. I do, 
but uh, I've always I've always been a fan of the Marvel comics. They've mm-hmm. always been a little bit. They've been a little more gritty to me. Yeah. How do you think the DC universe has like done with their like movies so far? I think Wonder Woman is their their best movie, and then all the old Batman movies. But the most right. recent ones, I'm not the biggest fan of. I like I like. I like all the Batman movies for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I do. Th- I think. I think Wonder Woman. Is, I agree is the best one they've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but for the for the most part, I think. I think with the DC stuff, the, all the DC movies, I've enjoyed them. I've enjoyed a lot of them. Like when uh, when people were really upset about the Justice League movie. Yeah. I wasn't as mad as everybody else. So I was just like, hey, yo, they're. They on they on camera. They doing their job. Like I'm not I'm not really tripping about this. It's kind of okay to me. It's okay to me. And, and I watched the Snyder Cut. Did you ever see that? I watched like it's so long. I got like halfway yeah. through and I literally slept the rest of the way. But I yeah. I'm going to sit down and like watch all of it. I just need to yeah. make myself. You, you, well, you see how they divided it into chapters or whatever. Yeah. I, what saved me is treating it like episodes. Okay. I, I watched it chapter to chapter and I took the breaks when I needed to because it is, it's wild long. Yeah. All those movies, they're not really, they're not that bad to me. I, I'm just, you know, it is what it is, but Marvel Marvel does it better. Marvel, yeah. has the, Marvel has the better movies and stuff like that. But DC movies have been around longer. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you've been making movies since the 90s, you're bound to drop the ball a little bit. If I had if I had my preference though, I'm always gonna lean in Marvel's direction. That's just that's mm-hmm. me. <laughs> so you've named so many like different like minority characters. Like what minority character specifically do you want to see in a movie next? Or like be announced is gonna have a movie coming out? They've already announced them. I need to see Mahershala Ali mm-hmm. as Blade. I need that bad. <laughs> He's such a good actor. <laughs> amazing actor and blade if if they do blade like how i would i would hope they would this go around blade's backstory if you get mahershala and the actor that he is in the backstory that blade has in the comics you're gonna have a movie that's gonna be unbelievable (laughs) do you think um miles morales is going to make a surprise like appearance in the new spider-man movie i hope so they're gonna be in the multiverse I, I hope so. I hope they do that. I don't know because I, I know that Miles is he's such an important piece of the Spider-Verse animated universe. Yeah. I don't know how they would transition that, mm-hmm. but I hope they figure it out because I would love it. Yeah. What do you yeah. think is going to happen in this new movie? It looks insane. Yeah. Well, I think there's a few, there's a few different times where Spider-Man has had to jump into this whole multiverse scenario. I'm hoping that instead of going the Spider-Verse route, maybe they go the more mystical route mm-hmm. because, uh, well, I mean, because it's all mystical, I guess, but yeah. with the, uh, at one point in time when the initial Spider-Verse thing was going on, there was a big supernatural villain who was basically eating all of the spider hero souls or whatever. So if they tie it into Doctor Strange and stuff, I'm hoping that that's the route that they go. Yeah. Make it more mystical, less science. I, I, I want to see them go the mystical route so 
they can get me closer to Blade. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Maybe it'd be like an Easter egg at the end, like just uh -huh. a Blade movie snippet. I need Blade. I need Blade. If it, my right now, what I need more than anything, if I if I could pick my if I could pick my top three that I want to see in the MCU, I want to see Miles. I want to see Blade, and I want to see Ghost Rider. Oh, Ghost Rider would be so cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And th thank you for having me on. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode eight of our podcast. Stay tuned for our episode next week with me and Jordan.